Yay. How are you guys doing? Is the Lord speaking to you? Yeah? I think the key is listening, mm. expecting to hear a personal word. What is God saying? You know? And even allowing the Holy Spirit to assess where you are in the Spirit. Mm. You know, are you walking in discouragement? Are you wearing those lens of the flesh, mm. the lens of discouragement, lenses of hopelessness? If so, then asking God, God, let's trade. Let me give you my lens of discouragement. Can you give me your lens of empowerment? Mm. Can you give me your lens of favor? Yes. Can you give me your lens mm. huh, of the Holy Spirit? I think um, like my prayer for you guys is that you don't just encounter and then walk out the same, yeah. Yeah. but that you really hear a personal word that mm. shapes your mind and your heart and you walk closer to God than before, right? Mm. So today, Amy and I are gonna co-teach you. We're gonna talk about prophetic intercession. I think a lot of times we live our lives. Are we recording this? Uh, is recording being recorded? Oh, you're so you're amazing. <laughs> Who are you, Jericho? How'd you set that up without us knowing? Man, okay. Sound man is like, yeah. you don't understand. Like, you think, oh, that's just easy. He just does it. You don't understand <laughs> what we've gone through on our side. <laughs> so it's a gift. Yeah. Can you just take three seconds? Thank God and thank Jericho. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think oftentimes we live without awareness. Mm. Sometimes when I even look at myself, look at God's people, it's like, do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? <laughs> do you understand, like, your thinking pattern? Mm. You know, do you understand, like, what's about to happen and you have no idea? Do you understand, right? Mm. Oftentimes, we live without awareness. Yeah. Why we're feeling what we're feeling. Mm. You often, when we live without awareness, you know what we're doing? We're taking our lives back. Raise your hand if you believe in Jesus Christ as your Savior. Raise your hand if you surrendered your life to God. Raise your hand if you pray the prayer, I surrender all. <laughs> so what I'm about to share with you applies to you. Mm. That's not for someone, it's not just for a prophet. It's for sons and daughters of God that have surrendered their lives to God. Mm. Amen? Amen? I want you to open your Bibles to Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. All Korean Americans probably memorize this, right? Mm. Okay, Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. You there? Mm. We're going to read it all together. You there? Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Ready? Go. 
I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. Everybody say, I no longer live. I no longer live. I no longer live. But who lives in you? Christ. Are you aware that Christ lives in you? You are? You no longer live, but Christ lives in you. You know what that means? That means your life is prophetic. Mm. Write that down. Your life is prophetic. Okay? You know, when I... I still struggle, but in the past, when I used to struggle, I would ask God some hard questions. Why? Why? Why, God? Why do I have to go? Why did you let that happen? Why? I don't understand. I just don't understand, God. Like, just why? 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 Did I sin? Did he sin? Did she sin? Why? 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 Do I have to pay for my parents' sin? Why, God? Why? What's going on? I would ask him those questions. Until one day, I heard him, and after that, I never asked that question ever again. Mm. You know what he said? He said, Sonny, you surrendered your life to me. Mm. Your life is not yours. Your life is mine. If your life is mine, I owe you no explanation. I owe you no explanation. Your life is mine. I want you guys to open your Bibles to Acts 21, verses 10 through 11. I'm going to show you from the Bible how your life is prophetic, okay? Acts 21, verses 10 and 11. It says, After we had been there a number of days, a prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. Coming over to us, he took Paul's belt tied his own hands and feet with it, and said, the Holy Spirit says, in this way. Everybody say, in this way. way. The Jews of Jerusalem will bind the owner of this belt and will hand him over to the Gentiles. Agabus grabbed Paul's belt and tied his own hands. He didn't tie Paul's hands and say, you're going to be arrested like this. He tied Agabus his own hands and says, in this way, the owner of this belt will be arrested. You see, Agabus showed his body. He did something to his own body Mm. as a prophetic sign Mm. for what was going to happen to Paul. I want you guys open to Isaiah 20. Isaiah 20, verses 3 to 5. Okay? Isaiah 20, starting at verse 3, it says, Then the Lord said, Just as, everybody say, just as. Just as. In this way, Agabus said. Here, God says, just as, okay, my servant Isaiah has gone stripped and barefoot. For three years, God caused Isaiah to live naked for three years. It says, 
as a sign. Everybody say sign. Sign. And important against Egypt and Cush, so the king of Assyria would lead away, stripped and barefoot, the Egyptian captives. Okay. To Egypt's shame. He called his prophet. Isaiah, take your clothes off. What, Lord? Why? Your life is mine. <laughs> I owe you no explanation. Don't put any shoes on. For three years, I want you to live before my people naked. Why? As a prophetic sign. Just as my servant, as a sign. God's people, God's servants are to be a sign. Okay? I have been crucified mm. with Christ and I no longer live. You know what that means? Then you have to allow the Christ li to live in you mm. and be a sign. Mm. To be a sign for the people to follow. Okay? I no longer live. I want to ask you, is it really Christ that lives in your body or is it you? Jason, is Jason living or Christ living? Can they coexist? Who leads? Who's the driver? Whose will is leading the way he lives his life, the way he thinks, the way he speaks, the way he relates? Let me ask you this. Is Christ ever depressed? Answer. No. Remember, I'm married to a black man, guys. Talk to me. <laughs> you don't have to say amen, preach, sister, but at least say, answer me. <laughs> Can Christ ever be depressed? No. Can he ever be discouraged? No. Can he ever be abandoned? No. Can he ever be exhausted? Can he ever be isolated? No. Well, this is a good one. Can he ever be stuck? Can he ever be drowning, be miserable with life? No. 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 But did you ever feel depressed? Come on, talk to me. Did you ever feel Exhausted? Yes. I'm so exhausted right now, you guys. I'm cold sore. <laughs> did you ever feel abandoned? Did you ever feel stuck? Yes. So, if you no longer live, and Christ lives in you, and Christ is never discouraged and depressed, but then you feel discouraged and depressed, what does that mean? If you really live a surrendered life, you know what that means? Mm. Even when you feel those things, it's not about you. Mm. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, it's not about you. If you really surrender your life to Christ, God wants to use your life, your ups and downs, your breakthroughs and your failures to set somebody free. Mm. He wants to use your yes. life as a prophetic sign to, break, to bring breakthrough in the atmosphere. Mm. Hmm? However, 
if you subject yourself to those negative thoughts and feelings, at the end of it, you'll overcome it. It may take a few weeks, a few days, a few months. Somehow, some way, you'll overcome it, and you'll be all right. God still loves you. you you're still going to believe in Jesus. You'll be okay. But if you just surrender yourself to those feelings and take it as your own, struggle through it, overcome it one day, you know what you're doing? You are, hmm? you are keeping the breakthrough mm. that God wants to release inside of you. Yeah. And you're locking it up. Yep. You're locking it up. Hmm? Mm. So one of the things that this is, I, this, I learned this through my own life. Mm. Okay? I learned this. Because I was a very insecure person that felt like if I really loved Jesus, I should just be thankful that he saved me. And I should just stay in the corner for the rest of my life so that I don't defame his name. So, right? Because I'm so messed up. Living through my insecurity, but at the same time feeling called. Like, I had to deal with these two opposite realities. And this is what God spoke to me. When you do feel those certain things, God is saying, it's prophetic. Mm. It's a sign. It's a sign of what your community is going through. It's a sign of demonic attack against your people, of your influence. Mm. So when you do feel, Sunny, begin to pray. Don't take it as your own, but prophesy. Hmm? You know, we did like, I talk about this a lot. Like back in 2012, we did this internship and one of my missions intern, okay? Like not like Benjamin's preaching intern, like my intern's mission. Like, you know, the way I train them is if we die, we die. <laughs> more dangerous it is, we get more excited. You know what I mean? And every time people go on mission trip, I purposely make them sign this liability. <laughs> I may lose my stuff. I may lose my life. Right? Like, you have to be willing. Remember, like, one time we went to Telo Island. I told you about how demons were everywhere. Like, the, the, the whole ferry broke down. But we had to go back to our... Uh, back to our other island that we're based in. And our orphans are like waiting for us. So we're like, no. And then the more we wait, these people keep coming and we have to do deliverance. And my, our people were so tired of people manifesting and doing deliverance like Pastor Sunny. <laughs> and I was like, okay, guys, okay. If we wait for that boat, that ferry to be fixed, it could be tomorrow. It, who knows, right? But if we hire a small speedboat, we could get there faster. Mm. But I can't guarantee, I cannot guarantee that we could make it alive. <laughs> <laughs> it's Indonesia. They don't, they don't follow any you know, protocols of, you know, we, and that small boat, waves are high. There's no land around. You could die. Now, raise your hand if you want to take that risk. <laughs> Got on that boat. You know, we're like, 
This is my mission's intern. If I die, I die for his glory. If I live, I live for it. And my mission's intern comes to me crying, all depressed and discouraged. I was like, what's going on? I'm suicidal. What? I've been thinking about ways to die. Why? I don't know. I feel like there's no meaning. There's no reason for me to live. I, I just, there's no other option than to die. It's like, what? And I was like, what's going on? And I looked at her. I said, uh, who did you spend time with this week? And she's like, huh? She's thinking, I'm depressed. No, 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 no. Who did you spend time with this week? And then she named her friend Ashley or something like that. Uh, what did you guys talk about? Oh, you know, she's going, my friend's going through a really difficult time right now. Uh, was she suicidal? She's like, yeah. And I called her name. Get up, go in that room. I want you to pray for an hour for your friend. Break off spirit of death. And then you come back and you let me know if you're still suicidal. She's like, what? Okay. So she goes in, prays for an hour. She comes back. You still want to die? She's like, no. <laughs> How many times do I have to tell, teach you? It's prophetic. It's not you. It's not about you. God allowed it for a moment. You're not supposed to carry it and, and be tormented. Yeah, yeah. You're supposed to use it as a prophetic word of knowledge yeah. to break that demonic power off of your friend. You know, in the history of Living Hope, we've had like, like three healing revivals mm. past 15 years. You know, every one of them started with my sickness. Mm. One time, I was out. My back was hurting so bad, I was out for a week. And I was like, what is going on, God? And that, that, ugh, like, I was so angry. I was like, God, I'm not, I don't want to just, I don't want to just get healed. I, I want some plunder after this fight. Like, I, I'm yeah. not just, oh, please, this is so painful. Oh, please heal me. Oh, thank you, Jesus, you heal me. That is not good enough. If I'm going to be laid out for a week, I want to see multitude get healed. Mm. I'm going to believe. I don't even know if it's biblically correct, theologically correct. I'm just going to believe that I'm not laid out here for no reason. And somehow, some way, you're giving us more authority over sickness. And we had three months of healing revival. Mm. Another time, I was jumping up and down I was, when I was a lot younger. I used to go crazy <laughs> at the altar, jumping up and down, dancing like crazy person, right? And then my left knee started to hurt. I was like, I'm too young. <laughs> <laughs> it can't be aging. Like, could it be? God, could it be mm. that this is just prophetic word of knowledge? Do you want to heal knees? Mm. But as soon as I asked, that fear came over. What if it's not? Mm. What if it's just me? What if I'm just? What if I'm just aging? What if? What if I take the mic and nobody gets healed? What if? What if? And they started to fight. There's a there's a battle inside of me. And I said, No. No, God. You said my life is prophetic. Mm. My life is yours. And I took the mic. We used to have two services during that time. 
I took the mic. God is healing left knees right now. If your left knee is hurting, come. And seven people came. And seven people got healed. Mm. And then second service, I got more bold. I said, you know, this happened, and seven people got healed of their left knees. If your knee is hurting, come. Oh, shoot, better yet, let's go for any joints, any hip joints, elbows, any joints. If you need healing, come. And all these people came, they all got healed. And we used to live stream at that time. Mm. We got so many emails that week saying, I'm from New York, I'm from Chicago, I'm from Denver, I was in an accident seven years ago, and blah, blah, blah. And as I was watching, I got healed. Mm. What if, what if I just surrendered? Yeah. Oh, man, I'm getting old. (laughs) Or maybe, maybe I could have better healing, a better faith than that. Oh, man, God, heal me. In Jesus' name, I got healed. Thank you, Jesus. When I take it as my own, mm. I lock up the breakthroughs yeah. that God wants to release. Mm. Even my sickness can be a prophetic sign. Mm. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live. Mm. How often do we take our lives back? Mm. Hmm? But Christ lives in me. Mm. Christ is our example. He became a sign to us. And God is calling you and I to be the sign Mm. for God's people. Open your Bibles to Psalm 22, verse 1. Okay? Psalm 22, verse 1. David prophetically cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? David cried that out. Did you know when David cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Did you know that was a prophetic cry of the cry that Christ would one day cry Mm. on the cross? Hmm? Isaiah 53, 12, okay? He bore the sin of many and made intercession for transgression. Mm. Jesus, when he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That was also a prophetic cry for you and I when we felt when we feel forsaken. Prophetic. Mm-hmm. You must your life must be prophetic just like Christ and make intercession mm-hmm. for us. Christ bore our sin. And he cried out. He interceded yeah. for us. Yeah. And he's saying, when you bear the pain and the struggles. Rise up and intercede. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the greatest examples always comes from the mission field. I took a team to Myanmar and Thailand. And uh, one, one of the times we were in Chiang Rai, right? And it's very Buddhist, right? It's like less than like, it's like unreached region of Thailand. And <clears throat> we all woke up feeling, eh, eh. Like you're in the mission field, you're supposed to be excited, but beginning with me, the past, I was like, how many more days do we have left? I just feel like, I'm just not feeling it, you know? I'm just, I just don't feel like, in the name of, oh my gosh, just thinking about it. I'm so tired. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this. 
And then I look at my team members, they're just like dragging their feet. Or like this, uh. And then it's Sunday, we're about to have Sunday service. It's like, how the heck are we going to release the kingdom all like this? Mm. Whatever, we don't care. Mm. And then I said, you guys, this is prophetic. Mm. This is what Christians in, the, in this region are living under. Mm. We need to break this. Yeah. So I already taught them about prophetic intercession. So the way we do prophetic intercession is this. Number one, expose the lie. Yeah. If you're feeling sad, if you're feeling discouraged, first you got to expose the lie of the enemy. Second, you got to reject it. Often when we submit to it, we accept it and we give power to it. Mm. If he had like 0.5 power, you accepting it, surrendering it, you give like 100 more power to it, right? Mm. So you got to expose it. It's a lie. Yeah. Number two, you got to reject it. Number three, you got to renounce the power of that lie. Mm. And lastly, you got to perfectly declare the truth. And so I, we sat in a circle and we're gonna, we said, we're going to do prophetic intercession. So you're going to do that. Whatever you were feeling this morning, I want you to expose it, reject it, renounce it, and declare the truth. What's the opposite? One by one. one these were like powerful leaders, right? We expose the lie of the enemy that I made a mistake, mm. that God didn't really call me here, and I'm wasting money to be here. I expose that lie, I reject that lie, and I break the power of that lie. I declare that God is about to move powerfully. God is about to empower his people through yeah. my life. Yeah. Second person. I expose the lie of the enemy that... That, that I am the weakest person in my team mm. and all my team members are looking down on me and like I expose that lie that I just want to hide. Mm. And I reject that lie from my life and I renounce the power of the lie over this region. That the enemy has been mm. lying to the Christians in this region that they're too weak, that yeah. they can't do anything. That they've been living with shame. We break that off and I declare the truth over the Christians in this region. You are mighty. You are powerful. One by one, people are, they're actually using what they're feeling mm. as a prophetic words of knowledge. Mm. And they're exposing the lies. The lies of the enemy has power when it's under. Once you expose it, it loses about 50% of its power. You expose it, you reject it, you renounce it, and it has no power over you. My pastor always says, you have been seated in the high place with Jesus. You, you're not reachable. Even the, the tallest demon that could jump as high cannot reach you when you're seated. The only way he could touch you is if you yourself come down from that high place, put your neck in front mm. of demons and say, okay, here, here. Here, grab me, take me. That's the only way wow. the demons could touch you. You know what's crazy? After that prophetic intercession, we're like, yeah, we, we got fired up. Walking in, we're dragging our feet. Oh, I don't want to be here. Oh, nothing's going to happen. Two, we did prophetic intercession. When you do prophetic intercession, mm -hmm. the feelings, discouragement, and stuckness automatically, mm -hmm. instantly gets released, and you feel 
And you know, there it's all conservative churches in that region. Man, at the altar, people were coming forward. They were getting slain. They're weeping. They're like encountering God. Mm. And in the midst of, and they've never experienced that in their church, right? And then in the middle of it, this Buddhist lady who's walking by just walks in by herself. And so we're like, what's going on? You know, for Thailand uh, missionaries and local Christians, to get one salvation, like in 10 years, that's revival, like, right? They're very like, like they're really polite and nice, and they're like, uh-huh, uh-huh, but at the end, they don't make, they don't really hear you, because Buddhism is such a big part of their identity, mm. right? And so this Buddhist lady walks in, her eyes are like red and infected, and she said, I don't know why I feel led to come here, but my eyes are hurting. And like, I have a migraine headache. So we share quickly the gospel. She receives Jesus. We pray for her. She gets healed. Wow. And we're like, yay! We're so excited. And then out of nowhere, these other Christians from different region walks in. Is Pastor Sonny here? I'm like, I don't know anybody. What's going on? Somehow they knew the people that I knew. Mm. And then they came and looked for us. And so we, they're like, can you please come with us to our uh, center? It's like, okay. It's like, it's divine. Like, we're like, it's all fired up. And we go, and we're like sharing. We're fellowshipping in Christ. And they're strengthening us, and we're strengthening them. And this man comes in, hunchback man, like this, comes in. And the boldness came over us. And our team lays their hands mm. on this man. And before our eyes. God straightens his back and he started to walk around. And I mean, it was like we were having Holy Spirit like party. All started with a bunch of Christians feeling discouraged, feeling apathetic. Mm. But instead of submitting to that, we said this is prophetic. We did prophetic intercession. Mm. Hmm? Amen. Amen. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Hmm? And the life that I live in this body, huh? it's no longer me, it's Christ. It's Christ. We have to unbury Christ. We've been burying, we've been putting dirt of our discouragement over Christ, who's already in us, with discouragement, huh? with what, apathy, with sadness, feeling stuckness, we're just, when we submit to those, we are bearing mm. Him. Hmm? You know, um, for, since I was sixth grade, I don't know if I shared this at the Grace Retreat, but since I was in sixth grade, every night I would get demonically attacked. Mm -hmm. It starts with like Kawi, like where you can't move. And then the enemy got so bold. Like they, he would choke me. I would hear his voice. I would hear his steps. That just demonically oppressed me. Sixth grade, junior high, high school, college. And you know, I just thought it was just 
the price I had to mm. pay. Being a prophet, mm. being a prophetic voice. Yeah. Often, there's a wrong teaching that goes out. Well, if you're a prophetic, that's why people are afraid to ask for that gift. But what did Paul say? No, well, you, got, you gotta, you, I want you to like earnestly seek for the better gift, you know? Mm. To be prophetic. But we, we're so afraid because there's a lie amongst the Christianity, amongst Christian community. If you're prophetic, the spirit of Jezebel comes, all right? And you think like you have to, until my pastor says, Sonny, that's a lie. The enemy can't touch you. The enemy can't touch you. You have authority. Mm. I remember one of the last time I got attacked like that, Benjamin would like often, he, he discerns, right? That's why you need to marry a godly man. <laughs> because when I'm being attacked, it's not like I'm moving and I'm speaking. Mm. But it's real. I can't move. I'm getting choked. I'm like, right? But every single time, Benjamin senses when I'm being attacked. And he's like praying. And when he's praying for me, like my eyes are closed, but I could see his eyes. I could see the next room. I could see what's going on in the next room. It's so spiritual. Mm. We're spiritual beings, mm. right? And as I'm being like crazy attacked, Benjamin's like, Sonny, this is a lie. The enemy can't touch you. Now, if my flesh was a lie, I'd be like, what the heck are you talking about? I can't move. How is this a lie? Mm. This is real. <laughs> but because I chose Right? Mm. I chose to submit and surrender to the truth. That the, the reality, the truth here is more of a reality mm. than my own experience. Yeah. I feel depressed, but this says you are mighty. What am I going to surrender to? But I feel so weak. I feel so forsaken by God. You know what? You just surrendered yourself. You just buried Christ. But the Bible says, Huh? Learning this to be your number one reality than your own feelings. And so when Benjamin's like praying for me, it's like, Sonny, this is a lie. This, reject this. This is a lie. So in my head, as I can't move and I can't speak, in my head I said, this is a lie of the enemy. The enemy can't touch me. And I fell asleep. And then Benjamin had no idea that I fell asleep. <laughs> So he prayed for like a couple more hours. <laughs> I slept fine. And that was one of the last time I ever got attacked. Mm. Did I stop being prophetic? No. The enemy gets you to keep you from living in this realm of the spirit. Yeah. He thinks if you seek God more, something bad's going to happen. If you ask for prof to be prophetic, you're going to have to pay the price. You know what? There's only one Savior, and the Savior already paid the price. Mm. Yeah. Hmm? Yeah. I no longer mm. live. Remember this. If you can't remember anything, your blessings and even your struggles yeah. are prophetic. Yes. Yeah. That's good. When you get blessed, God wants to release blessings. Mm. Upon your community. When you're struggling, God wants to release breakthrough. Mm. Only if you would arise and expose that lie mm. and break the power 
of that life. Yes. Mm -hmm. Your life is prophetic. And you got to allow God, allow God to release breakthrough in and through your lives. I'm going to hand over to Amy and then I'll come back and finish it. Yeah. And the reason why I wanted her to speak up is because oftentimes when I teach this, there's a blockage in a sense that they're like, well, you're Pastor Sonny. Like, I'm not you. Right? And often, it's so powerful. It's so real. And we use that as resistance, as a, like, we listen to that lie and not fully accept mm. the, the power of this mm. teaching. Yeah. So I asked Amy, who's just another church member or leader that also experienced the power of prophetic intercession, right? So I want you to hear from her voice and then we'll pray together, yeah? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm gonna talk to you guys a little bit about my experience with prophetic intercession and, and being prophetic and learning how to really uh, live it out and not just keep it for myself or keep it within me. And so one thing that I really realized through this last season, you know how Pastor Sunny said 2018 was such like ministry-wise and personally, it was like the hardest year ever. I think for me personally, 2018 was the hardest year ever. So a lot of good things happened, a lot of tough things happened, just everything came all at once. And so in 2018, my sister gave birth to her first baby. We were really excited about that. And then my husband and I were getting married in May, but the week of my wedding, we found out that my mom had breast cancer. And so from there on, it was just a roller coaster ride. <laughs> um, I had actually really begun to be, I really became anxious. Hmm. So my experience with um, really being there for my mom and helping her through her chemotherapy and all that, I think. I was really traumatized after her first chemotherapy session yeah. where um, basically like symptoms are like you may do diarrhea, you may vomit, you may like lose appetite, you may you know feel sick and this and that, but like she got all of those like yeah. to an extremity. Yeah. So like we read, okay, if they have a temperature of 100.9, then you must come to the emergency room. Or if she's vomited more than this many times within 24 hours or in all these things, and so we tried, we like made sure we ticked all of them, right? And um, she, we took her to the emergency room like three or four times because she kept saying like, I just feel like I'm dying. I feel mm. like I'm dying. I can't eat, I can't stomach anything. She did diarrhea more than however many times. We took her to the emergency room so many times and then finally they admitted her because now not only does she have all the symptoms but now she has a temperature of 100.9. And then they did a blood count. Usually a normal human being has about like 1,500 to 2,000 white blood cell counts. She had 13. 13. So now she was uh, immunocompromised, meaning it's dangerous for her to not be in the hospital, not get taken care of, because she can catch anything at that point. And so like going through all that, I felt very anxious constantly. I felt mm -hmm. like I was holding my breath. I felt like if I, as I pray to God and like I hear God saying to me like, Amy, it's okay, it's gonna be all right. I got your mom. I'd be like, okay, God. And I'd feel at peace. And then I'd see my mom and it'd be the complete opposite. 
I feel like, no, not everything is not okay. Everything yeah. is not well. No, like when I look at her, she's sick. She's not eating. She lost 10 pounds within a week. You know, like, like all is not well, God. And then I'll go back to my prayer closet and then I hear God saying, but all is well. Mm. All is well. Can you declare that? And I'm like, all is well. I think, you know? And so, like, I went through this season of, like, going back and forth, like what Pastor Sunny was saying, like going from spiritual realm to physical realm. Because in yeah. the physical realm, it's so real. Yeah. Like, her sickness and her, like, the effects of chemotherapy was so real. Yeah. Like, her tumor, and because it was a breast cancer, the tumor is so real, God. Yeah. And what she's going through and how it affects us is so real. Yeah. So, also, my parents have um, a dry cleaning business. They have two. And so, my mom is at one and my dad's at the other. Because she's been so sick, like, she's unable to, like, be present at her store. And so, like, I've been helping a lot. I've been, I haven't been working. I've been um, helping my mom, going back and forth from living in the Bay then to go with my parents. And so, guys, like, I, I don't know how to explain it very well, but I just was so anxious. Like, I couldn't, I couldn't breathe. Yeah. Like, even though I was hearing God say, saying, it's okay, what I experienced in my in the natural and the physical realm was like, no, I'm yeah. not okay. Things are not okay. Yeah. My mom's not okay. Our business, my parents' business is not okay. Yeah. You know, like when we close up shop because she's sick, like it's not okay, God. Yeah. Like our finances, it's not okay. Yeah. And so all these areas, I just felt like in the physical realm, God, it's not okay. Yeah. But every time I go before God and pray, I would hear like, all is well though. Amy, I got you. I got your family. All is well. And so honestly, like when Pastor Sunny was saying, like when you just keep it and you let it torment you, like nothing gets released, but you just, you get tormented. You're just miserable by yourself. Yeah. And so I remember anytime I'd call my mom or she'd call me, I'd be like anxious. Like I would be anxious. Like, oh, I hope she's okay. I hope she's okay. And I would be holding my breath. And if her voice was like, like my heart would drop and yeah. then like I'm anxious all over again, even though God said all is well. And so guys, I went through like five, six months of going back and forth from physical to spiritual, physical to spiritual. Yeah. And I had begun to get like serious panic attacks that yeah. had nothing to do with my mom, had nothing to do with anything, but like I would have an argument with my husband and then all of a sudden I would be like breathing. <laughs> Like, I would lose my mind, and, like, he would freak out with me, you know? Like, <laughs> I just, wait, I thought this argument was about, like, you not miss, like not understanding me, and then it would turn into me, like, having a panic attack, like, losing it, right? And after that, I realized, like, God, I can't stand this anymore. I've been doing this for six months of being literally anxious every moment of my life. I'd go to bed in anxiety, wake up in anxiety. I felt like I was having a heart attack at one point because my heart was like racing like this and I could feel it. And I was like, am I dying? Like, is there something wrong? You know, and so I finally went to God saying, God, like, I can't live like this anymore. Like, I can't live hearing you say all is well, but in my experience, I'm not feeling that. And yeah. I'm actually experiencing anxiety, like 24 seconds. My every waking moment is anxiety. Yeah. You know, and I was like, God, I can't live like this anymore. And so really like, what began as me just being tormented by anxiety turned into me really asking God, God, what do you want to do in and through this? You've already told me like that this is, that my mom's, her getting cancer is a prophetic sign. 
that what's going to happen is that this is the beginning of like healing and this is the beginning of like I felt like what God was doing in and through my mom was uh, she's going to be like the sign to other women who go through breast cancer that like God is with you that God is protecting you that God's going to bring healing guys my mom like she got she didn't tell me she was so nonchalant about it she's like oh I didn't tell you they, she recently got surgery and they found no more cancer in her cell. Oh, and I was like, <laughs> yes, right? I was like, she's like, I didn't tell you. I was like, mom, are you serious? You didn't tell me. Like, wow, you know? And so right now, like, my mom is completely cancer free, but she's like in her last stages of doing like radiation just so, to make sure like it doesn't come back. But like, what I was hearing in the spiritual realm was like, this is prophetic. Your mom going through this is not just so that she could be sick and then win it and then that's it, right? Like, that's great. If my mom gets healed, praise the Lord, amen. But I was like, but God, it can't just be this. I can't just go through this mm. much anxiety. My mom can't have been this miserable for this long. Literally, like, her body is being broken. Like, it can't just be, ju like, I, honestly, I was like, it can't just be because, like, she gets healing from it. It's like, God, like, what are you doing in and through it? So I began to ask him more and more, and he was saying, this is a prophetic sign for your house at Living Hope, that this is the start of, you know, more women are going to come, like, like sharing that they have, they've been diagnosed with cancer and that, that my mom would be a sign, that God is releasing healing, that God is breaking through in that realm. And so in my own personal life, um, the way, like, God was really speaking to me would be in these moments where I'm like, God, I'm losing it. Yeah. God, I can't. God, in the natural, like, I'm miserable. God, in the natural, I'm so afraid. I'm so, like, constantly afraid. I don't know how to breathe anymore, God. And in those places that I'd go to him, you know, I would intercede for my mom day in and day out because she would be so miserable. Sometimes I would lose, lose flay appetite too. Like, just like she would lose appetite, I would lose appetite. I was like, why can't I taste things anymore, you know? And sometimes I'd be so overwhelmed with hopelessness. And I realized, like, okay, I'm experiencing these things, but I began to ask God, like, is it just me or is this you? Like, you want to do something in and through this. God, you want me to intercede. And I would have to say, like, the moments that I felt strongly, like, anxious, strongly uh, miserable, strongly discouraged, I would ask my mom or I'd ask my family, are you guys feeling these things? And they'd be like, yeah, actually, I'm really discouraged. And so I'd intercede. I'd bore. I'd be like, God, in the name of Jesus, I reject the lie that, like, that we are to remain hopeless. I come against the spirit of hopelessness in the name of Jesus. And like countless times, like through my prophetic intercession, like things would be broken off of my mom. Yeah. Like my mom received the most encouragement in her lifetime because she got sick like this. She was telling me like, I get to rest. After surgery, I get to go home and rest. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to cook. I don't have to. Do, I don't have to clean. I don't have to do anything. Yeah. And she was saying, "I get to rest." Yeah. And I'll say, like in this season where it felt like the most scary, the most anxious, the most like, "God, what are you doing?" God, like God, like literally waterfall, like flooded on my mom encouragement. Mm. Like we, our church people, like our girls, our girls are amazing. They made a schedule of making sure that every week th that my mom would have food so that she couldn't cook or that she so she didn't have to cook so for like three months they brought her food every week you know i want you i like what i want to share about this is not just like you know the rewards and all that but that your prophetic 
like your prophetic experience and what you do with it is so powerful yeah. you know it's not just for yourself like me feeling anxious it's not just for me I began to see like like I remember Pastor Benjamin went through like a season of extreme anxiety you know people around me were sharing how anxious they were and and I realized God it's not just me I'm not just the one who's anxious I'm not just going through this by myself but God you are calling me to intercede to petition to make prayers on behalf of others and I realized that God in the places where I felt so weak so broken so anxious other places that God actually gave me the strength to intercede the strength to, to prophesy the strength to really see like with my spiritual eyes and not with my physical eyes that God actually you're right this whole time that all has been well yeah That's good. this whole time my mom her vitals are stronger now than before she got yeah. found out she had cancer. Yeah. You know, like now in this season, like even though I get I do get anxious, like I know like, okay, this is not just for me. Yeah. This is for God's people. This is for my family. Yeah. And um, one thing that I want to share lastly is um, how many of you guys get afraid to either like prophetically intercede or to prophesy? Honestly. Right? How many of you ever feel like you're afraid to be seen or afraid to be heard when you prophesy? These are all normal things, guys. Like, one area that, like, our Pastor Benjamin really, like, shared with us are there are things that keep us from prophesying. There are things that keep us from prophetically praying and releasing these things and bringing breakthrough, which is the fear of being known. And some of you guys had said, like, yeah, I'm afraid to be known. I'm, I'm afraid to be seen. I'm afraid to be heard. Because some of the thoughts are like, what if what I pray isn't correct? What if what I pray out loud and they hear it and it's absolutely wrong and it's absolutely off? And one of the fears is like, what if what I pray is true and then it doesn't come to pass? That fear that like I believe for it and then it didn't come. Then I'd rather not say it, right? How many of you actually have the fear of not being known. Okay. Meaning like, so fear of not being, so fear of being known is like, you don't want to people to hear you pray out loud. You don't want to hear your prophetic word being released, but the opposite is fear of not being known. Meaning like, I don't want to pray and then people don't hear it. I don't want to prophesy and then it didn't sound good or it wasn't good. Yeah, that's me. And I realize an area in my life that, that really keeps me from prophesying and mm. really releasing prophetic intercession is because I'm afraid of not being known. I'm afraid that what I have to say won't be seen or heard by God and God's people. One of the areas that I struggle the most, like practically in life, is like when I lead prayer. It's weird. When I, on weeks where I don't lead prayer, I'm like, oh man, I wish I was up there. I was such a powerful God's like downloading so much things in my heart. I wish I could, you know? And then when it is my turn, that Sunday comes, I'm like, bef like 10 minutes before, I'm like, oh my gosh, God, I have nothing. Oh my gosh, I'm so scared. Oh my gosh, like, I wish it wasn't my week, you know? And I realized one of the fears and the lies that the enemy has really been chaining me down to is that you have nothing good to say. Yeah. That you're not significant. You don't know how to prophesy like Pastor Benny and Pastor Sunny. You don't know how to bring the Holy Spirit down and like fire come down like your leaders. Like you have nothing good to say. Just forget it. Just give the mic to Pastor Sunny. 
I honestly hear that almost every single time that I have to lead or almost any time I have to teach. I literally hear in my, in my mind, like, you're not good enough. You're yeah. not significant. You have nothing good to say. Yeah. And then here's the funny part. Then I'll, I'll start. I'm like, no, God, you put me here. I'm going to pray. I'm going to lead prayer. And then I'll start leading. And it just feels dead. It just feels like, <laughs> like, like okay, you are right. Devil, like, I had nothing to say. Like, the people are not witnessing my, like, the things that I felt like I was hearing from you, God. You know? And I have to say, guys, like, that's such a lie from the enemy. You know, later on, I'll have people come to me and say, like, you know, when you let that prayer, like, that really spoke to me. That actually hit me right in the right spot. Even though in my own experience, I felt absolutely nothing. And I felt like, oh, he screwed up. You didn't hear from God. You're just <laughs> speaking out of your own flesh, you know? Um, for me, like, the fear is of, like, not being known as hearing from God or not being known as, like, like faithful servant of God, not being known as, oh, you really hear from God and yeah. you know how to lead. Yeah. So a lot of times, like, as believers, People who are really prophetic probably struggle the most. Probably struggle the most of not of these two things that I want to share with you guys. To prophesy, you're just literally repeating what you hear God saying. It's not some like, oh, you get this vision and this is powerful. It's not always like that. But sometimes all prophesying is is you literally repeat what God said to you, what you hear God saying. And it's as simple as that. And one last thing that I want to share is, as much as 2018 was a really hard year, not just in my family or my personal life, but even like in my spiritual walk, it was really difficult. I want to say like it was the most, the biggest, the greatest gift that I could have received. Because in order to really, like what Pastor Sunny said, to receive the favor in its fullness, to really like, to really witness God, like I would have been broke, I would have been destroyed if I didn't go through 2018. If I didn't go in my prayer closet constantly interceding, warring, even in, for my own life, if I, didn't do, if I didn't go through the hardships, prophetically going through these things, I wouldn't be ready to really receive what God has in store for 2019. Mm-hmm. So I really believe for you guys too, like some of these things, maybe you're going through it right now too, it's prophetic, guys. You're not just going through it by yourself. You're not just being like, God's just making you miserable or tormented, but that God wants to stir up a prophetic prayer in you, a special prophetic prayer that's going to be released to your church, to your house, to your family. Yeah. Guys, like the most powerful moments I've had with God is with my family. Yeah. The greatest breakthroughs I've had is with my family. So I really want to encourage you, like, you guys are a prophetic voice for your family. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Now the picture that I see is each of you with a shovel mm. and you are undigging. You are unbearing mm. Christ that's buried inside of your heart. And today, God wants you to unbury Christ mm. and really allow Christ to live in and through you and use your personal mm. current experiences yes. as prophetic yes. to release breakthrough in the atmosphere, yeah. in your community, and in your family. Mm. Hmm? We have to stop taking our lives back. Yeah. We keep surrendering, we keep taking it back. 
every time we submit and surrender, oh, you're taking your life back. Mm. Hmm? God today is saying, let's unbury Christ. Yeah. Let's, let's release breakthrough. Yes. And you know, those of you that's like, even last night I heard some of you sharing how difficult it has been. You know what that means? That's bigger, the greater. Remember, I love going to the darkest, <laughs> most scariest places on earth. You know, I was most excited when I was going to North Korea, mm. right? When I went to Sudan, when they were killing people, right? They were like, 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 like torturing Christians and like slashing them and setting them on fire. And in the middle that God called, during that time, back in 2005 or six, God called me to Sudan. I was like, yes. <laughs> and I was like, Benjamin, God's calling me to Sudan right now. And you see on CNN, all these news, like, oh, you know, this crazy stuff, right? And Benjamin was like, no, you're not. You're not going. I was like, what? Sonny, do you know how dangerous that is? it is over there? You're not going. I was like, oh. Why don't you pray? Man of God. <laughs> Man of God. Pray. Mm. If God tells you, don't send your wife, I'll submit. But if God tells you, send your wife, you better obey God. <laughs> he's like, fine. So he's praying. And first he's like, what is wrong with my wife? Trying to just, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then God told him, you better send your wife. You see, when you are living in the realm, mm. especially with missions calling, the more dangerous, the harder it mm. gets to get there. It's like, let's do this, God. Either I drown or I walk on water. Mm. If I drown, I drown. But if I walk on water, people get to witness yeah. and glorify Jesus. I'm ready. I'm ready to either drown or walk on water. Think about it. It's most exciting when, I, when we go to these most unreached, most dangerous places. Even when our team went to southern Philippines, like Mindanao area a few years ago, we were so, our whole church, we were so excited. God, and then other churches are like, are you sure? You know, they kidnap you know, missionaries there and they kill them, right? It's like so excited. I want you to receive that missional spirit right now. Yeah. I'm not saying you're all called to go to North Korea and Africa. No, 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 no. Here, yeah. living here, yeah. receive that missions call. Who feels the most hopeless and helpless right now? That is like going to the most exciting missions field. Like, I feel so stuck, Pastor. I am not excited about life. That's a prophetic word of knowledge. That's the breakthrough. That's the treasure God wants to unleash mm. and set people free in your community. It's not that you're stuck. God wants to unstuck people in your community. Mm. So take that spiritual shovel right now. Mm. Yeah? Okay, this is why I want you to all stand up. And just for the shy people, I want you to make one, just make a circle face out so nobody's seeing you. Come on, face out. Go against the walls, face out. Okay? I'm going to activate you today to stand in the gap and prophetically intercede. Mm. Your life is not yours. Yeah. Even when I was barren for eight years, it was not because I was barren. It was because God was using 
Jesus. First, repent. Sorry, God, for I've been taking my life back. I've been surrendering, but I kept taking my life back by surrendering these discouragements, these, these hardships as my own. Come on, I want you to repent. Spend some time repenting. I want you to visualize this with me. I want you to imagine Jesus standing in front of you. Just, just imagine that Jesus is standing in front of you. And you know, when you come before the king, you kneel, right? You show respect and honor by kneeling. And when you're kneeling before the king, you're, what you're saying is you're greater. Yeah. And I subject and I submit yeah. all of me under your rulership, under your ruling. I want you to imagine yourself kneeling before the King of Kings. And you're going to, you know, often they come with gifts to lay before the King. But in this moment, what you're going to lay before the King is what you've been holding on to lately. You've been holding on to discouragement. You've been holding on to hopelessness, what you've been holding on, you're going to release it. You're going to bring it to God and you're going to surrender it to God. And say, I surrender. These are not my own anymore. As you present gifts to the king, you're going to release your control. So even though you feel like, but I've been so discouraged, you know what? In a sense, you took control of your emotions and you said, this is mine. And you're surrendering. You're give, giving up your right, your control over your emotions. Mm. So I want you to imagine laying all disappointments, all discouragements, unbelief, maybe shame, doubt, fear. Come on, lay it before God, King of Kings. Jesus. Spirit of offense, come on, release that to God. Don't hold on to it anymore. Some of you, you feel offended by God. You feel offended by the church. You feel offended because what you believed, it feels vain. Jesus. Come on, release that. Lay it before your king. Lay offense. Come on, lay it before him. Even unbelief. I don't know if it could really happen. That's still you're controlling it. Come on, release it. Lay it before the king. And allow Jesus to be really your king. He has all the say in it. You're giving up your say over your life, over your emotions. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith, not by circumstances changing. You're not waiting for your circumstance to change in order to believe. 